One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Popcorn Podcast with Lee and Tim. Today we're going to talk all things movies from reviews, new releases, trailers and movie news from the past week. Lee, what have we both seen this week that we want to review? Rocketman has landed. <laughs> it is here. Taron Egerton stars as Elton John in this biopic about Elton John's life. And first up, I just have to say that Taron Egerton was phenomenal he, he em- was sublime he embodied the role of elton john yeah. wasn't he just like a joy to watch he was he's a fantastic singer in his own right but he's got this uncanny ability to mimic the idiosyncrasies of other singers mm-hmm. which i think is amazing elton john told taron not to try and copy him too much mm. um and to kind of make it his own and so you did see that throughout the mm. film that he was kind of like going with it in his own right but mm. then obviously like you have to if, if you're playing a real life person mm. you have to kind of mimic certain things because otherwise yeah. it won't be believable so i think you found a good balance there definitely so the movie follows elton john's life from child prodigy to up to his stint in rehab and they've taken liberties with the timeline so it's not a true retelling of his life in chronological order but i think that was necessary to do Mm. It's a really enjoyable musical that immerses you in Elton's world in a really visually fantastical way. What did you think about the visuals? I thought it was very fantastical. I think obviously worked for the story of Elton John. Mm. He was, he is larger than life uh, artist and and person. So you needed to have that sort of representation of his life and his story, Mm. his ups and downs, his success. And I thought it was so fun how they, used his music to tell his story at certain parts Mm. and I thought it was just brilliant. I mean, I was a little bit surprised. I wasn't so aware that it was going to be so much of a musical rather than a bio Mm. and I think it was was just so fresh and different Uh, and it kind of went down more of the across the universe take Mm -hmm. on the Beatles music but obviously was following the actual story of of Elton John whereas across the universe wasn't following the story of the Beatles if you know what I mean. I think Dexter Fletcher the director did a really good job and you know how much I've been looking forward to this because of Dexter Fletcher. I've been singing his praises for weeks on the podcast but he's I think he really successfully walked a really difficult line between this highly stylized fantasy world and then grounding it in the real emotion that Elton would have been feeling 
at the time. Yeah. And they went there, didn't they? Mm. It went real deep and dark. Yeah. Which I think, this is my opinion, I think Rocketman shat all over Bohemian Rhapsody. Now, yeah. don't get me wrong, Bohemian Rhapsody was a very enjoyable movie. Yes. But it danced around some of the real, mm -hmm. like, darkness yep. of Freddie Mercury and the real kind of gritty things that I'm just like, I was literally holding my breath waiting for them to actually delve into those things mm -hmm. and then they just moved on. Things and it like was his love really, life. And his love life, his like drugs and all mm -hmm. that stuff. I mean, you know, Rocketman did mm -hmm. not shy away no. from Elton's addiction mm -hmm. for his very troubled childhood and his mm -hmm. very complex relationships with his mother and his father mm -hmm. and and, in, and the men and women that he loved throughout his life as well. Yeah. Speaking of love, the chemistry between Richard Madden, who played his manager, John Reed, mm. an absolute snake, by the way. Oh, what a dog. Uh, and, but the chemistry between them was insane. Yeah. Wasn't it? Wasn't it was great? really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, yeah, that, they, they were actually really compelling to watch on screen. Yeah. Like they just really owned their roles. And you kind of felt sorry for Elton, mm -hmm. but then you also thought he was a bit of a dick at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Like it was kind of well, a bit... He's known for having a temper, I think. Yeah, yeah. right? Um, and you know what I like about Rocket Man is that it, it didn't try and tell his whole story. It didn't take us through really the 90s or the noughties and mm -hmm. now. It kind of, like you said, it ended when he checked himself into rehab and mm -hmm. was kind of like wanted to get clean yeah. from his drug and alcohol addiction. I think that was good because it focused on a particular period of his life, mm. made that work, actually told that story to its full potential mm -hmm. rather than getting too distracted by trying to cover too many decades. And isn't it a sad story that we see so much, the you know money-grabbing manager behind yeah. a troubled star pushing them to the brink and further in this case? It's mm. not a new story, but I think it's been told in a fresh way, and what? that's what I really enjoyed. For Elton in particular or just in general? Rocketman in general. I right, think they yeah. told, it told the story in a fresh way. Yeah. But, I mean, it's a story we've heard a million times before. Yeah. Amy Winehouse, you know, Freddie Mercury even, and same manager. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. That yeah. was interesting. Mm. I guess it just highlights how money does change people mm -hmm. and how power changes people, how it manifests itself so vividly in the entertainment industry, mm. especially in music. It's quite cutthroat. Yeah. And poor Elton. He just wanted to be loved, didn't he? He just and wanted to be loved. He just wanted to be loved properly. And his parents were just so shockingly cold and self-involved. Bryce Dallas Howard plays his mother, Sheila. Yeah. And I saw that she said when she read the script, she thought, no, they must be vilifying her. They've right. gone over the top. Um, but after speaking to people outside of the production, she found that it was actually pretty accurate that her mother was that awful. Yeah. She likes to delve deep into research for her roles. Mm. She was only cast as Sheila like a week before the camera started rolling on her first scene. So she didn't actually have a lot of time to do all that research that she's known for doing. Mm -hmm. The first time she met Elton John was at the world premiere. So she'd actually not, the conversation she had with Elton John in inverted commas was through Taron wow. because he had such a strong relationship with Elton, obviously researching his role to mm -hmm. play that man. Elton shared his diaries, his stories, all that sort of thing. Yeah. So Bryce Dallas Howard experienced conversation with Elton through Taryn, mm. which I thought was really interesting because she's a very complex character, isn't she? And if yeah. she's kind of like literally, if she's reading the script for the first time a week before mm. the director says action and she's misunderstanding or thinking they've got the character a little bit too wrong, yeah. like she had a lot of ground to cover in that week yeah, leading up to amazing. it to understand who she was. She did a great job. And she was thoroughly unlikable. Oh, <laughs> thoroughly you just, unlikable. You loved to hate her, didn't you? Yeah. 
But the one beacon of hope was his relationship with Elton's relationship with songwriter and best friend Bernie Taupin, who was like a brother to him. And I really enjoyed that relationship. I thought that was really nice. But I, I would have liked to have seen more of their relationship fleshed out. Like mm. the comings and goings felt a bit glossed over. Yeah, I but agree. I suppose. I suppose he got as much time as anyone else did in Elton's life because this is absolutely the Elton John show. It was all about Elton John and that's mm. the way it needed to be. But there were, And there was lots of time given to close-ups and Taron playing the emotion of it, which, by the way, he knocked out of the park. Oh, it was yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd really liked how they portrayed the Elton and Bernie relationship on screen, but I'm with you in that. I wasn't necessarily disappointed that we didn't see more. I was just really interested to know more about Bernie. Mm. So I think there's another story there. I don't know. Maybe there could be a Bernie story or or it's just something to jump online and read more Mm. about him and his career and life. Uh, Jamie Bell portrayed him amazingly. Like he was one of the standout supporting roles, I thought. Mm -hmm. And also his relationship with the Australian woman, or the woman he married in Australia, I should say, Renata. That kind of brushed over a little bit. Did she know that he was gay? I'm pretty sure she... It seemed like in the movie she didn't know or... I find that really bizarre. I thought they went into it in an arranged sense. Yeah, but... Well, because that's what John Reed wanted. Yeah. He said, you know, we should get yeah. you a girlfriend or you should get married or something because obviously being homosexual back then mm. was, you know, obviously not accepted. Mm. And as a biggest selling artist of the 70s, etc., etc., you know, it's a big... Risk. Mm. I mean, Freddie experienced the same uh, challenges in his career. Mm-hmm. Very glossed over. Really disappointing, actually. I think they, they spent time developing things so well and that being a really pivotal... Like, they were married for, like, four years or something. And you were meant to believe that when they were having breakfast together and he's pouring that alcoholic beverage <laughs> <laughs> for breakfast, mm. that they instantly hate each other and it's turned to shit and she knows that he's mm. gay now and all the rest of it. But yeah, I don't think we, they... they literally just got married on screen and then they're not an item anymore. So but, there was... but maybe that period in Elton's life was glossed over for him. Maybe that's why. Maybe it's a period of his life that he was so high and so drunk that he doesn't really mm. remember. And I think that's that's what they were going for, I think, in the movie. That's seeing yeah. the world through Elton's eyes. Yeah, which was quite... Interesting. I mean, there were just on that, mm. there was that scene where he's in his fabulous LA home mm. and John Reed just like says like his parents are here, his family. Mm. And he goes, that's meant to be next week. And he says to Elton, it is next week. Yeah. Like he's so fucked up mm. that he lost all sense of time. So maybe, yeah. yes, you're right. Maybe it was just like a meant to be a f- mm. click of the finger moment because he was really not present in his yeah. life yeah, exactly. at that point. And the ending was really beautiful, actually. It brought a little bit of a tear to my oh eye, my the God. ending in his therapy group. So it was told through the prism of him in a group therapy session. Yeah. And the way it ended was a, maybe a little bit theatrical, but I mean, it, it was in keeping with the tone of the movie, so For it sure. was fine. And yeah, it was very it was very touching, yeah. I think. Very, very touching. I won't give away what happened, but it was a lovely way to end the movie. Yeah, they made it very well known and aware to you, as an audience member that it was going to be a theatrical film mm. and they didn't shy away from that going, yep, we're going to break out in song. Yep. Mm. You know, the song. Yeah. And I can see that coming a mile away yeah. and I loved it. And you just go with it, you know, de- that, those uh, choreography at yeah, the right. fairground or whatever. That was brilliant. Like that was so good. And I was mm. like, you know, what? I'm all for this. I'm in. Yeah. So I buckled up and had a great time. 
It was literally a musical on screen, and, yeah. but done very well, I think, so well. Yeah, they spent years planning this film. Originally, Tom Hardy was cast as Elton John, mm. that fell through. So it's interesting knowing, you know, I actually can't see Tom Hardy playing Elton no. John because Taron embodied him so he fully, did. Yeah, and he was perfect for that. Yes. And look, I'm going to say this now. I think it was the film that Bohemian Rhapsody should have been. Yeah. Maybe Bohemian Rhapsody may not have been able to be that fully. No, I think Queen wanted to rewrite history a little bit with yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. But I think Taron delivered a better performance than Rami Malek. But Rami, Rami was pretty good, though, in Bohemian Rhapsody. He was fantastic, but I don't know. So there was something edgier, there was something more that Taron gave to the role of Elton because he was given more to explore. He was yeah. given the dark moments to actually evoke. He's a great actor Brilliant. as well throw all the awards at him for this one it was great i hope they do i hope he can't carry them all <laughs> he's going to win so many so how many popcorn kernels will you give this one uh i will give four and a half yeah for, for rocket man yeah i'll agree with you there oh my god we're agreeing what's going for on for once oh. like the calendar oh my god <laughs> first and last time yeah <laughs> ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. All right, moving on to the big new releases. Um, obviously, we've just talked at length about Rocketman, so that's, uh, that's out in cinemas now. Also, Godzilla 2, King of the Monsters. We're hearing, what are we hearing about this movie so far? Well, I didn't have high hopes for this movie at all because as we spoke about last week, <laughs> Godzilla is the only movie that I've walked out on. Um, I didn't have high hopes and it's just getting raked over the coals. It's yeah, yeah. not good. I don't think Rotten Tomatoes is particularly calling this one fresh. No, it's a it's a setup movie basically. It's a setup movie for the next one where totally. Godzilla's gonna fight Kong. Yeah. And that might be marginally better because Kong's in it. Yeah, and uh, Kong Skull Island was a great movie, I thought. Mm. I really enjoyed that one. Okay, so um, also out is Asterix The Secret of the Magic Potion in yes. cinemas now too. This is a pretty standard animated fun kids film that's yeah. based on Asterix from the comics. If you can, uh, yeah, take yourself back to your childhood there. Yeah, a bit of uh, fun. Uh, a bit of news to relay today as well. So What's thing, going on? Things are blowing up in the box office. Mm. First two stories here. Uh, so Aladdin really exceeded expectations by making $112 million across the Memorial Day weekend in the US. So that's across four days. It was a surprisingly fun film that really subverted expectations, didn't it? People yeah. weren't expecting very much from it, including myself. And it was 
really fun. It was really yeah. great. So, yeah, it was enjoyable. Turned out to be better than people were thinking, mm. as you said, and people went to see it. Mm. Uh, Disney were expecting projection of 75 to $85 million across the four days, so it definitely overexceeded their expectations. Um, and across opening weekend, it made $300 million. So I think we're going to see that one creep up. Maybe not to the billion, but maybe seven, mm. $800 million mark. That's my prediction. No so. sequel, though, please. No sequel. Is there a sequel to Aladdin? I don't know. No, no, no. I don't think we can even (laughs) mention it. You put it out in the universe now, Lee. No, that can't happen. And also, just to round up the box office news, Avengers Endgame. This is a few days old now. It is only $100 million off the top spot of Avatar. Now, $100 million. Only $100 It's uh, not, not much to sneeze at there in terms of the success of Avengers Endgame and the trajectory it's on. So, uh, I think it's... It will take over Avatar. For sure. And then there's another Kingsman film in the works. I want to shoot myself. I love these films. No. This is the ones we disagree on, isn't I, it? I love the Kingsman films. The film. first one's great. Golden Circle was woeful. Mm. They're making a prequel called Kingsman The Great Game. But the new news here yep. is that they've announced they're going to make a third Kingsman, like the sequel mm-hmm. to The Golden Circle, for whatever reason... I don't know. Oh, it'll be fun. Everyone loves the Eggsy and Harry relationship. Well, I did. But they... <laughs> it's the, oh, I just... I don't even know if I want to get into this. <laughs> These films are supposed to be taken lightheartedly, though. It's fun. It's a bit of fun. It's a bit... It's a spoof on the spy genre. So it's not supposed to be taken very seriously. But now it's like... It's like a parody of itself. It did, the second one disappointed me. Now we've got another two guaranteed coming. So I don't know. Look. You're going to see it anyway. I'm going to see I'm it. I'm going to force you to see it. <laughs> All right, and more Disney news. What's what's hap- what else is happening in Disney World? So Mark Webb is tipped to direct yes another Disney live action film. This one is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. So Mark Webb, you might know him as directing uh, Spider Man. So he's kind of like in the Disney sort of machine mm-hmm. already, partly. So I guess he feels like he can bring Disney's first animated film mm. to a live action world. I don't know how I feel about this one. This is kind of like, I mean, we've done Beauty and the Beast, Lion King's coming, Aladdin, obviously, in cinemas now, Maleficent, Cinderella. Mm. I think that's about it. Oh, Little Mermaid's in the works as well, I believe. Right. So, I mean, but Snow White Mulan. is... Don't Mulan. Don't Mulan. Yeah. Yep. Gosh, I'm running out of fingers. Yeah. Snow White is iconic Disney. Yeah. You know, it was the first one. So, I don't know. People, I feel like people are going to be particularly nervous and anxious about this one. Speaking of The Lion King, did you see that the new posters were released this week? Yeah, they look amazing. Yeah, they look amazing. Like photorealistic. Although Pumbaa has got the short end of the stick, poor guy. He's a warthog. He doesn't look great. <laughs> he looks like a warthog. He's not, he's not as adorable as in the cartoon. Timon looks pretty adorable. Yeah. Uh, like that animated cute sheen yeah. is kind yeah. of, yeah, pretty... Yeah. <laughs> he's a warthog <laughs> <laughs> he's a warthog that's all you can say um, there was tons of trailers that came out this week yeah loads god I don't even know where to start Annabelle Comes Home which is obviously in the whole conjuring insidious, insidious universe just yet another scary film with a scary doll makes me dizzy yeah um, the one I'm really excited about is The Goldfinch. Yeah. It's based on a Pulitzer Prize winning novel which is going to be really good it's starring Ansel Elgort and Nicole Kidman yeah We've got Rambo Last Blood. Mm-hmm. This one I'm actually really looking forward to yeah. as well. I'm not into the sequels that are just hashed to death, but Rambo is a man with nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. Now that he's getting older, he really has nothing to lose, <laughs> and I think it's going to be an all-out, real action-packed 
extravaganza. Yeah. I mean, the trailer hinted at obviously how bloody and violent mm. that this is as yeah. the Rambo series, and it's the final chapter in the Rambo yeah. series, so it's going to be a showstopper for yeah. sure. I, I think I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the action through all the tunnels. Mm. You know, through the Mexican border and something, it's going to be really cool if they do that right. Yeah. 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 And this is meant to be the last yes, Rambo the film. Chapter. Yeah. Oh, sorry. You said that. Mm. I did. Tim, are you not listening? <laughs> <laughs> We've also got The Kitchen, which is about the wives of gangsters in the Irish, in the Irish Mafia set mm. in the 70s, which mm. starring Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish, and Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. And this actually looks really good as it well. It does look good. It's, it's got a bit of the feel of Widows mm-hmm. about it. Maybe yeah, a bit it does. less dark and gritty yeah i mean it's not a comedy or anything it's a serious film Mm. but it looks like a good one yeah there are some funny obviously melissa mccarthy Mm. has a few funny lines in there but yeah more serious than past films she's done recently i suppose so avengers tom holland and chris pratt have teamed up for an animation called onward yeah this is about a pair of elf brothers who go searching for if there's any magic left in the world. Yeah, it looks great. It looks cute. And finally, like a, a another original Disney Pixar movie. Yeah. So we've kind of been lacking that probably since The Good Dinosaur because mm-hmm. they've been churning out a whole bunch of sequels and whatnot. So it's nice to see a new, fresh, new original story, mm-hmm. which Pixar have been known to churn out and absolutely deliver. Yeah. Uh, we do have to wait till 2020 for this one, though. So they're kind of releasing this trailer quite early. Mm. But it's actually quite a well-realized trailer, I felt. like mm. it, it, We haven't seen anything. It wasn't really a teaser. It was quite quite good. Mm. You kind of got a real sense of what, what this is about. The last one is 47 metres down, uncaged. <laughs> you say that so enthusiastically. God, I hate these movies. <laughs> I'm sorry, I do. I just could not get into 47 metres down. I tried watching it. It's just... A couple of girls stuck at the bottom of the ocean. Maybe because it's my worst nightmare realised. Right. <laughs> I don't like the idea of diving or anything like that, but didn't do it for me. What is it about sharks? I do love a shark film, though. Like, yes, I do. Th- like, we've had the Meg mm. recently as well. I don't know, like, sharks just somehow find themselves in the movie Plex every yeah. year. And they're all pretty average, but they're kind of guilty pleasures at the same time, yeah. I feel. So like, you know they're going to be shit. <laughs> but you're going to see someone's arm get bit off and you're going to yeah. kind of, like, cheer about it for some reason. So this one's about <laughs> four teenage girls who go diving in a underwater wreck. And that no tourist will ever be able to find unless I take you there. So yeah, setting it up for isolation and yeah, exactly. disaster and straight up. they get terrorised by a scary shark. Yeah, uncaged. Mm. 47 metres down. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Tell me what's on next week. Okay, so uh, a couple of... Uh, one really big release. Tipped to be the final X-Men movie in that uh, in franchise. First, in the first class In series. the first class series. But yeah. it's also kind of been mixed in with the Hugh Jackman kind of mm. story as well. X-Men Dark Phoenix. Obviously, I'm really keen to see how they tie this one up. Mm. Because since Disney bought Fox... Now they own the rights to more Marvel characters. Mm -hmm. So how are they going to mix the X-Men into the MCU? You know, I think we should go into this movie thinking it's going to tie everything up. It's going to end. And then we're going to get a fresh take on the X-Men in a few years. I think they need to scrap it and start again. I think that's what's going to happen. I mean, this was meant to be a linking into the next phase of the Marvel of the X-Men characters, Mm. but I think they're going to just have to scrap it and start fresh again, which is what, which is the issue with X-Men. That's what they keep doing. They keep scrapping timelines, messing with timelines. Mm. And I don't know if it works. 
all the time. I quite liked where this particular iteration of X-Men were going until Apocalypse. Mm. I think they really missed the mark there. It left a bit of taste in my mouth. I so, would have said Days of Future Past missed the mark. Really? I feel like that one just messed with things too much. No, I loved that. Mm. Oh, that was great. Fair call, though. Yeah. Flesh that one out later. <laughs> yeah. We'll see it next week. We'll tell you what's going on. Okay, yeah. So next week coming out as well is Red Joan. Mm. It's based on a true story about KGB's longest-serving British spy, played by Dame Judi Dench. Yeah, she's quite good. She's working hard. Yeah. She's working hard for the money, Dame <laughs> Judi. She's been in a lot lately. Yeah, this this one, I feel like this one will be quite gripping. I'm really keen to check this one out. Yeah. We've also got After, which is a teenage romance, romantic drama. Girl falls in love with broody guy, has to choose between her good girl life and the broody man. Mm, sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and Tolkien. Yeah, so uh, Tolkien, we have advanced screenings uh, this week, and it kind of uh, follows the formative years of J.R.R. Tolkien's life. He is obviously the author of Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings series. Mm -hmm. Really interesting to see how they portray his formative years leading up to writing those classic stories. I think this will be a a film in the vein of Goodbye, Christopher Robin. Yeah. Yeah, which I always found interesting. I always find it interesting to understand how these books have come to be. And, And everyone loves a period drama, so, you know, I'm all for that. So that's it for this week, I think, Tim. Yep, I think that'll do us. Uh, Rocket Man, highly recommend. Obviously, we've given it four and a half popcorn kernels. Yep. So big call, but it's justified. Get it out and see it. Absolutely is. It's a bit different. Go in with open mind. It's mm-hmm. very entertaining. We all know and love Elton John music as well. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And even if you're not a fan of musicals, I think you'll get something out of this. Oh, definitely. It's yeah. a really well-made film. Yeah, it's the, yeah beautifully produced, wonderfully directed, acted to perfection. Mm-hmm. There we go. There's yep. the triple threat of Get films. out and see it. <laughs> All right, we'll catch you next time. Catch you next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.